eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. What's up, guys? Uh, it's Kay Johnson here from the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. I just wanted you guys to know that the UK base Full10yards.com has their 2021 NFL Draft Guide coming out April 1st. So go go check it out. Go go buy it. Over 200 players, including myself, are being scouted on there. Um, get your pre-orders in now. Check it out. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Uh, back again after another week and uh, just talking about some free agency. But you know, we're obviously going to switch over and talk about the draft. But um, yeah, we're not allowed to talk about free agency since the Chargers lost on Henry. So um, maybe I'll be talking about his replacement a little bit later on, or what, something that'll go towards his, his replacement. But we're back after um, a couple of uh, people dropping out last week. We got a, a pretty much full cast today with uh, Kieran, Liam, Raj, and Andy. Lads, you know, give us a thumbs up if your team is is winning free agency. <laughs> yeah, Liam, you don't you not even signed anyone. Have you see Ox fan? Waiting. Well, at that time of recording, we've not done much, but hopefully mm. by the time everyone's listening to this. Yeah, it'd be a pretty bad start, wouldn't it, if, uh, mm. if we didn't. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to kind of talk about a pretty similar sort of theme as what we did last week when we uh, covered a little bit of uh, the best defensive diamonds that we didn't really speak about when we went through our scouting podcast on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to flip over to offence this week. And we're just kind of pick up the pieces from where we left off, really, and where we, uh, you know, kind of left some guys out because we were doing some kind of smaller episodes at the beginning, and then we kind of let the reins off a bit too late, way <laughs> later on in the series when we decided to just talk about everyone um, when we kind of got through it. But uh, yeah, talking about offense, we've got lots of wide receivers, um, which leads into a nice little plug for Andy's article that went out earlier in the week. And uh, yeah, a few other nice positions coming up, as I mentioned before, I might mention a tight end or two. Um, but yeah, let's get straight into it. Uh, we've got a couple of people who are going to talk about a couple of guys as well. So, Raj, I'm going to come to you first and kick us off with the wide receivers because uh, you're going to talk about a couple of guys that, that we've not mentioned before. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about a couple of the Clemson guys that are coming out in this year's draft. Um, now, uh, obviously, we, we associate some really good wide receivers coming out of Clemson, Clemson the likes of Hopkins, Mike Williams, uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, Humphreys, etc., etc., who, who have produced in the NFL. So it's always interesting to see who the next crop of Clemson wide receivers are and how they translate into um, the NFL. So I'll start with um, Amari Rogers. So Rogers really took the leap this year in terms of um, his production. He was he was the wide receiver one for Clemson. Um, he's 5'9", 211 pounds. Um, in the recent pro day, uh, he ran 4'5", so not super quick, but decent speed. Um, now, in terms of uh, who I compare him to, I, I look at him and think he's got some Randall Cobb about him in terms of his um, physique and, and his play style. Um, so in, in 2020, he was um, primarily a slot receiver, but he did develop his, his route tree and did play on the outside a little bit as well. Um, just, just a bit of background in terms of his, his, his time at Clemson. In 2019, he tore his ACL uh, around March time, but uh, where usually it takes about 10 to 12 months to get back, he was back within six months and actually played the end of the season. So in 2019, he played the end of the season. And then usually with an injury like that, you think your explosiveness or your athleticism may, may decrease. But actually in 2020, it was his best year by far, um, produced over a thousand yards. Um, now, his, his biggest traits and benefits are that he's got, he's got a really thick lower body, which makes him really difficult to tackle in open space. So he does force a lot of missed tackles. 
Um, and he's he plays quicker than he actually looks. Um, there's a couple there's a couple plays um, uh, in the 2020 season where just on a, on a on a normal go route, he's absolutely just blitz past the defender and is in five ten yards of space. Lawrence throws it throws it deep and he's he, he great catches and, and and able to take it to the end zone. Now you think of running a four or five speed, you wouldn't really think he has that um that elite pace, but he plays a lot quicker on 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 film than than you would think. Um also as well he 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 is able to create yards after catch, but he uses his his frame and his thickness to do that. He hasn't got really like any sort of cuts or any uh, elusiveness when when in in the slot, but he's able to create yards after after after, after catch um, with his physique. Um, also, as well, I think one of the things that is, is, is good to add is he has football bloodlines. Um, so he is the son of for, former quarterback T. Martin, who's the current um, uh, wide receiver coach at the Baltimore Ravens. So it's always good to have a look at those bloodlines. We look at um, the Watts, the Mannings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It does translate in today's NFL. Um, and just doing a little bit of film work on, on the Senior Bowl. So uh, he, he was on the Dolphins uh, roster on the Senior Bowl. Um, and where there was the tougher catches, he, he was able to make them. Um, but I think his, one of his weaknesses, both on, in the Senior Bowl practices and on film as well, is some of the simpler catches. He just tends to lose concentration slightly. Um, so maybe that's something that he can, he can improve on in the NFL. Um, I have him projected to be potentially a late two, early three. Uh, I know in our group chat, we, we discussed who, who we prefer in terms of Rogers or um, Elijah Moore out of uh, Ole Miss. Um, I, I prefer Rogers due to his, his thick frame and, and, and his, his ability to sort of, he's, he's quite sturdy. And, and um, like I said earlier, he reminds me a lot of Randall Cobb, um, but definitely um, end of round two, beginning of round three, and he'll be a, uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three in in in, um, in this year's in this year's draft. So that's Rogers, Andy. Yeah, I'll come in, man. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, done it for the scouting guide. So a lot of the same um, sort of feelings as you. I think that the, I think his lower body kind of makes him quite unique in this year's draft because of the there's like such a uh, such a good, good number of slot receivers coming out, but not like well, none of them have got the same kind of body build as him. Uh, and that kind of, you, you saw him at the uh, Clemson uh, pro day last week, taking running back snaps and stuff as well. And he does look like a, does look like a running back in places. So I think that'll be really, really good. The next level, really versatile. Um, the kind of, the only other weakness, which you didn't mention uh, was the kind of contested catch stuff. I think he does get, he can get bullied at the catch point uh, a, a fair bit by the longer corners as well. So, I, I mean, to be honest, I think I've got him as uh, as projecting as purely as a slot guy at the next level, although, you know, using the kind of gadget plays that you see uh, all over the shop at the moment. So, yeah, I think he's got a good pro career ahead of him. Really like him. I think he's, uh, he's a really good prospect. Yeah, I was about to say, do you think he kind of got overlooked just because of the, like, Devonta Smiths and um, Jamar Chases of the world? And obviously, Kadarius Tony kind of got a little bit of a shine. Do you think he kind of got overlooked just because of the prevalence of the aforementioned players? Um, probably, actually, because, well, a thousand-yard season, and he was wide receiver one for, for Clemson. So when they needed him to step up with uh, Justin Ross injured, he did step up last year. Um, and you didn't really see a dip in Trevor Lawrence's uh, production last year. So, um, yeah, I do actually think he's being probably undervalued. We know the importance of slot receivers in today's NFL. And 
you, you're looking at well Tony um, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss and and him um, they're they're all pretty close to be honest so yeah I, w- I I would have thought that yeah he is being overlooked out of those three to be honest I'll move on to the next one as well so uh, the next receiver I've got is Cornell Powell so he's been at Clemson for five years and he's did five or six years I think one of the two and uh, he did nothing for the first four or five years but then suddenly broke out broke out after game five of this year um his last eight games for for Clemson were 45 catches 825 yards and seven touchdowns so so that leads you to believe well how how did he suddenly just arrive at the end of his 2020 season what what, what happened um now maybe because it was opportunity because obviously Justin Ross was injured and uh, with um Rogers being wide receiver one, that gave uh, him the him the opportunity to be wide receiver two. Um, but he he really did show uh, at the back end of 2020 that um, patience and, and all the hard work paid off. Where he may have been working probably at a 7-Eleven this year, but now he's actually probably going to be taken on in the in the in the later rounds in the draft. Um, the big concern about him is he, he is 24, so he's done all his development. How much development is there left in the NFL? Um, and he's he is inconsistent with his hands in terms of he can make some really good contested catches, but then some really simple drops. Um, I think it was the Notre Dame game, the first Notre Dame game, that he there were some really poor drops in there that he really needs to improve on. And if you're 24, how much how much more can you improve? Um, he, he he, there is sort of some really, some really good things that really showed up on tape at the back end of 2020. Um, in terms of he is he has a, he is a contested catch receiver with with good body control. Um, he plays mainly on the boundary and and he's a willing blocker in the run game as well. Um, and and he's tough to bring down in space. I don't know if he, uh, there's a, there's a picture going around on Twitter I think on his pro day on, on the Clemson pro day, but the guy is absolutely jacked. And um, trying to bring him down in open space it, it is pretty difficult. Now in terms of sort of where where I see him going in the draft is definitely a late day three or round six or round seven but the reason why I mentioned him today is because when like I said at the start when you look at the Clemson receivers you want to see how how they compare to previous classes and and see where they are so I think the Cornell Powell he's, he's a late day three but you know what fair play to him because he didn't give up um he still he still sort of thought right in, in my senior season I'm going to give the give this one last chance and he's given himself the opportunity to be drafted in the NFL and and fair play to the guy. That work ethic won't be lost on teams. Um, and if he's able to eke out anything else from his um, from his ability, then uh, good luck to him. But um, yeah, he's he might have a special teams role or a wide receiver four, uh, three or four in the NFL. But um, but yeah, that's that's Cornell Powell. Yeah, Roger, I was going to jump in actually. I was just going to say you mentioned obviously about Mari Rogers. You mentioned that you think he'll have like a long career. You might have just answered this towards the end of what you were saying there, but do you think the same can be said for Cornell Powell? Do you think that work ethic can shine through and he can kind of hang on to the end of a roster? Or do you think he's kind of, you know, going to be lucky if he makes it, you know, long term? I, I think the, the, the real fear I have with him is how much improvement can you eke out at his age? Mm-hmm. Um, at, at this current level, he, he, he is fring- he's on the fringes to make an NFL roster. Um, it, with him being a really good uh, run blocker, he may have sort of special teams value and and, and be able to play um, sort of, sort of uh, in the NFL within that within that uh, 
sort of remit. But um, yeah, it's going to be tough for him to make a 53-man roster, but he, he's got the work ethic. He never gives up and coaches like that kind of attitude. Yeah, completely agree. I think he's a player that we're kind of rooting for, I think, or the fans will be rooting for, because, you know, it's a nice story, isn't it? It's kind of come from nowhere, from a, you know, a team like Clemson as well, you know, to a lesser degree, we see that kind of in a way with some quarterbacks where they come from nowhere and kind of make a fist of it. And, you know, they go on to have decent careers or, you know, at least get drafted as well. So, yeah, no, nice picks there for both of the Clemson wide receivers. Good, yeah, and it's one of those like if if, if he's on a on a uh, on a roster on the practice squad, like if, if there are one or two wide receivers that go down, he he will be the kind of guy that if if he goes in and plays, that he will try every he will try his best to make sure he stays there um, mm-hmm. due to his work ethic. So um, yeah, good luck to the kid and um, yeah, deserves it after his twenty twenty back end of twenty twenty. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point because obviously you know injuries are part of the game, aren't they? And you know people want production, and he's obviously shown that he can do that. Might not be here for a long time, but you know, maybe maybe just a good time for a couple of years and then you know for the end of that, I don't know. But you know, we'll see. We'll see on that one. Um, I'm gonna go next. We've got three guys we're talking about wide receivers, so we'll kind of separate those guys out. Um, I'm gonna go and talk about um, Hunter Long from Boston College. We were um and ahhing for a couple of days before our, our tight end podcast that we did. And he was kind of one that kind of crept up and none of us watched him in time. So none of us sort of included him. But um, yeah, he's a player that we've obviously rated pretty well. Rob covered him for the draft guide and he's coming at our tight end number three as well. So yeah, one that we kind of missed off earlier in the season. So it's kind of why we're doing this podcast or these podcasts, these pair that we've done over the past couple of weeks, just kind of hoover up these guys. But, you know, like I said before, Chargers fan, we've just lost another Hunter, Hunter Henry to the New England Patriots. Kieran, saying that's quiet about that one, I'm sure. And you know what? I, I think that Hunter Long wouldn't be a bad um, part of the solution. I don't think he is the solution. Or if we, if the team or the Chargers were going to go down that road, I don't think he's a tight end one, not in year one at least. But, you know, he's a very, very useful player. He's got some athleticism. He's a good all-round tight end. He's used to run blocking because obviously he plays for Boston College. So he's used to plenty of run blocking. He's pretty athletic. He can make runs after the catch. And uh, he's got nice hands as well. And he's a good route runner. Um, we've given him a third round grade in our uh, draft guide, or Rob has at least. Um, he's come up with some pretty decent stats, some pretty decent stats that if he kind of produced that in the NFL, he'd be regarded as a pretty nice tight end, you know, bringing in about five, six hundred yards a season, five catches, uh, sorry, five touchdowns last year. And um, yeah, like I say, he's not exactly working with the, the greatest of uh, talent around him, although that Boston College uh, offense did take a bit of a step up with Phil Djokovic and obviously a nice offensive line and things like that. But, you know, not working for a powerhouse college and coming out and, and making a nice fist of it in college. And like I say, Redshirt Junior coming out and he should be quite decent in the NFL. You're going to probably see him in the third round where we've kind of projected him in the draft guide. Um, and I think that's quite a nice sweet spot for quite a few tight ends. You know, we've got the maybe the big two, big three, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts, Bevan Jordan, Pat Frymuth. You know, we're thinking that Long's going to be in there the way that we've rated him in our draft guide. Um, so like I say, going to be a great pickup for someone. Um, plenty of tight end needy teams out there as well. You know, we've seen a couple of tight ends move on. You know, we've got Johnny Smith and obviously Hunter Henry's gone to the Patriots as well. So, you know, a couple of teams already needed a tight end anyway. Philadelphia, they're going to lose Zach Ertz. So it's going to be a bit of a tight end carousel going on. The Seahawks seems to point in as well there. Um, you know, so there's going to be plenty plenty of uh, jobs to fill. And I think Hunter Long is going to be one of these ones that's going to be in uh, pretty good um, demand, really, to be honest with you, especially because he can move as well, he, but he can also block. So he's not this jumbo wide receiver that we see a lot of, cough, cough, Kyle Pitts kind of thing, um, Brevin Jordan as well. But he's a proper tight end, such as, you know, Pat Frymuth and, you know, himself. And there's plenty of, you know, the kind of NFL is moving away from that sort of thing, but there is plenty of demand for some guys who can block, you know, especially as a tight end too which I think will be Long's, um, it's going to be his role to begin with. 
I hope, you know, thinking about Chargers hat on, I hope they go out and get Zach Ertz, chuck a fourth rounder at him, and then maybe double down with Hunter Long. I think that'd be a nice pairing um, to go out and get there. But um, yeah, no, nice player, really nice player. One that we couldn't couldn't have kind of gone without saying and kind of mentioned on this podcast, really. Um, but yeah, Kieran, I'll bring you in. You had your hand up pretty early doors there with what I was talking about. Yeah, just saying, do you like him because he's got the same first name as Hunter Henry and, and you just you just want to stick with that? No, as 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 she going to ask about um his blocking? Do you see him as being able to block and receive, or do you think he's going to be primarily used as a blocker just while he develops? It really depends on the situation that he lands in. I think he can block. Like I said before, he's got plenty of experience doing that. To Boston College, obviously renowned for running the ball a heck of a lot, and you know alongside that offensive line, that I'm sure we'll come on to next year when we're kind of doing this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, he could be just used as a blocker because he is a, a he's good at it, you know. And if the team that he goes to has already got a number one tight end, you know, he's going to be coming in on you know, twelve personnel and, and more sort of heavy tight end sets, and he can do that. And I think he can, and I think he'll be a nice complementary piece. Like I said, I don't think he's going to be a tight end one straight away. I don't think he's there yet. He's not on the same sort of plane as you know Pitts, Frymuth, maybe things like that. Uh, pit players like that, should I say? But um, yeah, he's definitely got a role in year one, and you know it takes tight ends a little bit of time to break out as well, isn't it? So you can't exactly expect uh, people to come in tight end and kind of blow the league away straight away. It's very very rare. So, uh, but yeah, no, definitely got a long term future in the game, and as as an all round tight end, like I say, blocking and also receiving as well. Awesome. Yeah, those that's that's fun to long out of Boston College. Like I say I mentioned draft guide a couple of times. Go out and buy it. Go out on to see the pin tweets. I think all the full time ads counts are repping it at the minute. Uh, someone said it's the best six ninety nine. They've uh, six, sorry five ninety nine. They've spent in quite a long time to me in a, in a bit of a feedback. So yeah, go out there and, and get it for us. Uh, put back into Britball. But yeah, less of an advert from me. And Andy, I'm going to come to you next. Uh, you're going to talk about one of your favourite wide receivers. I think who's developed in the last uh, few weeks and months. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in Emir Smith Marset, who's uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes kind of outside uh, and gadget receiver. So yeah, I, I really like him. Actually, uh, it came a bit out of nowhere, like you say. Um, as all part of the kind of scouting process, I was kind of getting towards the end, uh, and I was kind of like a lot of lot of similar receivers, like I said earlier, a lot of slot guys. I was getting a bit fed up of the kind of samey sort of you know summaries of players and using the same sort of terminology, that sort of stuff. And 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 Smith Marset just jumped off the page at me uh, when it all jumped jumped out the screen at me when I started watching the, the tape, and I ended up watching it for three, four hours of just like Iowa uh, offensive stuff. So, um, yeah, love him. I think he's a really good player and one that's going to um, upset a few people. I, I think he might slide a bit because uh, I'll come on to it, but like he was arrested uh, during the 2020 season for for speeding or OWI if you're American. Um, so I think that's going to obviously be a massive red flag in places. But from everything else I can see, the kind of character side is is okay and that was completely out of character and uh, and he went straight back to work after uh, after that incident so yeah uh, skill set wise um just screams Debo Samuel to me um incredibly fluid uh route runner like you know body control and just like a track athlete um you know the the, the kind of long distance four eight hundred meter uh, sprinters who can uh, like shape their body and, and move around the track like really fluidly so that's exactly what he is um, incredibly like elusive with the ball in his hands that, that that's you know the, the the thing which reminds me of Samuel the most is he's not picking up huge chunks of yards down the field he's getting the ball and creating it himself um very versatile like I mentioned like kind of gadget sort of player jet sweeps uh he plays out the slot uh, or and predominantly outside so you know it can be put in all kinds of uh, packages and all kinds of downs I was actually having a look earlier and 
Um, majority of his yardage actually comes on first down, so it's like a you know, not nice early target, not one that's there just to pick up the uh, pick up the and move the chains. It's just you know all round wide receiver one material there. Um, quite, like great hands away from his body as well. That was a uh, something I was actually going to mention about Rogers uh, earlier. Is the kind of the tendency to rely on on the body catches, but no Smith Marset gets out and, and kind of large catch radius and gets uh, and, and get pulls the ball in more different angles. Um, Slight worry around physicality. Like I say, he's a bit of a tra- track athlete, and he's not like built like DK Metcalf at all. And there's a tendency to get knocked off uh, off uh, off balance while while he's um, route running and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, teams are wanting to get in the weight room quite quickly, I imagine. Um, and, and and quite similar to Devonta Smith is there's kind of a load of tape where he's like schemed open and and with the purpose of completely of getting him in the open field and running with the ball in his hands, so it's completely natural that he's been schemed open. But um, so you do wonder as well like how he's going to deal with the, with the slightly better coverage uh, in the NFL that the nickel and slot corners that you get, which are, which are ten times better than their college equivalent. So yeah, all round really good prospect, six foot one, hundred seventy five pounds. Um, so like you know, a lot of upside there I can see, and I think someone's going to get a real bargain. And the final point I'll make on him is the special teams contributions as well, because the twelve hundred yards in special teams uh, returns in two seasons that's that's like you know a whopping great number, and averaging something like. 30 odd yards uh 30 odd yards per play on special teams which is you know that's incredibly dangerous if you've got that on your roster to call on every time someone punts or, or kicks off to you so yeah good player I, i've got him pegged as a second to third round talent but like i say i think that arrest will uh, probably see him slide down the rounds round a bit i feel like that um his special team value because it is like incredible numbers isn't it i think that will really force him up i think that might even balance out the arrest for some people because it's yeah. you know we've seen just these speedy guys, these guys make plays on you know two phases of the game as well. You know they they're really valuable, aren't they, in today's game? Yeah, that's it. And you kind of some, sometimes the quick guys aren't really that elusive as well in special team sort of things, aren't they? The ball lands in the hand and they and they run the straight line and get hit. But he kind of avoids the he avoids the tackles. He breaks he breaks tackles. He, he got those guys that grab around the ankle. He's he's um, elusive enough to to slip those and, and and you know pick up the extra five ten yards. So yeah, he's he's absolutely. Uh, primed to be picked up by somebody as a bargain for me. I think he just looks like the, the perfect kind of modern receiver. He's not going to, I don't think he's ever going to be stuck on the outside and go one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey and, and, and pick up those like 30, 40 yard grabs and, and that sort of thing. But like just move the chains and, and you know, modern fast uh, style of play is perfect. Yeah, we've seen plenty of receivers just like it, haven't we? In terms of, you know, not being the greatest athletic profile, just getting, a you know, doing the job in terms of being a great football player and being able to make him on miss, like you say, and, and having enough athleticism. So yeah, no, great shout. Um, yeah, I really like how you've kind of posted a few clips of him fairly recently as well, and he looks like a great player actually. Yeah. I, I put my, my put my flag up, and when he goes and goes plays fantastically well, I'm just going to be uh, doing a <laughs> laps. I'm completely confident. It's all good. <laughs> That's it. You got to have you guys. You got to have you guys. And um, right, well, so like I said before, we'll uh, sandwich the wide receivers. So Liam, I'll come to you for a couple of tackles that we were we were really remiss to miss out actually, weren't we? When we were going through our tackles uh, episode, but we had so many. To, to go oh yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of talent at the top of this class. I think there's always when we were setting up for that offensive tackle uh, episode. I think there's always going to be guys that we missed, and um, yeah, well worth bringing in um, a few guys given uh, the the depth of the talent. I'm going to uh, first of all uh, talk about a guy I think is one of. I think I described him as one of the most technically proficient uh, players in this draft. It's uh, Rashawn Slater from uh, Northwestern. Um, 
he's right near the top of the uh, of the group um, in the the offensive tackle class. Um, as I say, just technically really, really good. Um, really, really good mover. Great footwork. Um, love watching him kind of just just set himself. He's um, uh, really, really uh, like easy worker. It's easy for him to kind of mirror guys and just yeah, as I say, mobility. Went in contact as well. He's got the the strength. He's got obvious understanding of leverage as well. I noted in. Uh, in the scouting guide, as I took offensive tackle for the scouting guide, that he um, he's not all um, uh, power. He wins a lot of reps in close with with leverage and getting opponents unbalanced, the ability to control the block. Um, he's um, played at tackle on both sides of the line, has a um, play style that uh, it kind of does uh, lack a bit of, of length, but... Um, um, I guess uh, that positional versatility then uh, comes in. It's um, we kind of the more that you uh, watch Slater's tape from a, a couple of years ago, the the more you like it. He did opt out of 2020. Um, thankfully, it doesn't seem to have affected him at all. The, the stock is really really high for for Slater, and it's something that we uh, we talked about um, probably our first mock draft, and we we had him as a a first rounder, and I think we we spoke at the time that. Um, depending on fit and that it could easily be like a top 16 pick. I think he's going to be top eight now. I think, I think he's um, the, the, the skill set, the um, yeah, the, the tape that, uh, um, that he's, he's produced from that 2019 season. I think he, he really uh, shows a really top talent and um, even um, a few times Compared to Panesuel, the consensus OT one in the in the group that uh, he could be uh, like the next best guy for most people, and uh, I'm certainly like leaning that way. Yeah, I've uh, really enjoyed um, going through the offensive tackle guys, and and Slater is uh, well up there. As I say, kind of just maybe some work with um, hand countering. It's like lack of length. His his height has been talked about that he's fairly short comparative to some of the the top OTs, but I don't think it's a problem. I think that he's he can start at offensive tackle uh, in the in the NFL. Um, it's been talked about drafting him as a guard, but I think he's a he's an offensive tackle first. I think that from what he's shown, you you draft him as an offensive tackle, you you start him there. I think it's going to uh, he'll work in the the NFL. Like I say, the technical ability, the the movement, the footwork is 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 top class, and I think that. Um, good NFL offensive lines. Um, well, we'll he'll fit right in straight away. I don't know if anyone's got any points on Slater while we're while we're talking about the guy. Yeah, go on, Kieran. Yeah, you mentioned his height. Does that sometimes um, go badly for him when setting his pad level against larger tackles, like defensive tackles and stuff? It can do. Yeah, it can do. Because, like I say, I talk a lot about him technically, and I think of him as like it, it like schematically. As a zone blocker, NFL zone blocking teams are going to love him. And yeah, the kind of recovery strength on the back foot is something else. And, and it comes down to length and height, and um, which is probably why he's been talked about as a guard. But I think when you, when from what he's shown, as good as I think he is as a tackle, I think you have to start him there first. And I think he's, I think he's good enough to, uh, to uh, produce. I don't see it being too much of an issue. I think he gives up tops just like a, a couple of inches he's not short 
um, for, an, for an offensive tackle. I think that's where you have to start him. I just want to raise one more point before we move on to the next guy, Liam. Just a question yeah. more than anything. I've not watched as much of Slater as you would have, but one of the, I can't remember who it is, but one of the Draft Network writers and scouts says that he'll be best as a centre. Do you see that at all? I know you've kind of maybe answered this again because you've been talking about him as a tackle only, but do you see him playing? I there? wonder. I wonder how many reps he's had at centre because I don't. I haven't seen it, and I, he's seen, I've seen him play tackle and guard. Um, mm. It follows that trail of thought along the same lines as we're talking about his length and his height of it might be better to move him inside. Alex Leatherwood's another guy. Everyone yeah, has sure. a lot of people that are going to grade him as a guard. And I can see people grading Slater as a guard. I just think that he, as good as he is, you have to start him at tackle first. And then you have that, you do have that versatility. He has the versatility skill set for you to then move him inside if need be. But I think he's offensive tackle first. Um, yeah, interesting to see. I'm sure that people would have spoken to him as well about what positions he's comfortable taking. It'd be interesting to see how many people would have him as a centre. I think that's uh, interesting. Mm. So that's your second offensive tackle, according to the guard. Uh, the guide, sorry, got me saying guard. Now everyone's playing guard. The guide's playing guard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you move on to your third tackle next. Another guy we missed out. Another guy who I've ended up being really high on, and actually interesting comparity um, to compare him with uh, Rashawn Slater because um, I'm going to talk uh, Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State and the reason I say it's an interesting uh, comparison is that a slightly different skill set um, I think he's more of a, of a man blocker more of a uh, power first guy and um, then the kind of um, weaknesses I'll get into but um, yeah as I say he's a power guy upper body strength uh, grip strength in close are huge um love him as a as a uh, run blocker he played um, right tackle in the most recent season for Oklahoma State didn't opt out went through the 2020 season at right tackle and um yeah love him I say love him as a run bro- run blocker the leg push to create rushing lanes um, also I like his football IQ I think he reads and reacts really nicely um he does have experience inside um, but uh, again, another guy that settles at offensive tackle, and um, yeah, just um, and also as a pass blocker, it really shows that power. Just a um, really, really good finisher. Um, really loves to um, uh, use his length and his power at the points of attack. He can uh, push guys around. There's like some really good examples um, during uh, the Pac-12 season of him just uh, mauling guys and just moving guys and all the way up to the end of the whistle the way, uh, pushing guys right off the the sideline it's really 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 fun guy uh to watch um as we brought up at the time of the uh offensive tackle episode you want that kind of uh that fear fear factor in uh in uh, offensive linemen and he really has that um the weaknesses um are uh, more of a, as a tech in his technical ability he's got a bit heavy footwork gets up on his his toes a little bit quickly which i think again affects him uh in contact and um uh speedier guys have really given him um given him some trouble um but uh and i think also he's got a bit less range um both in run and, and pass block um i think that uh his that power and all the positives though are so obvious to see on film that I I ended up grading him quite highly. I think he's one of the better uh, prospects in the draft. Definitely going to be top three or four. I think um, for me when I come to kind of 
completing it all. And I think I think I had him yet yeah, three for the the scouting guides. Um, I think he can push for a first round. I really do. I think given um, I think that there were six offensive tackles that went uh, last year in the first round, and um, as we've uh, kind of spoken about over time, I think that at the top. Um, there's a, probably a fair more depth this year. So we wonder if there's going to be a good uh, six, maybe seven guys that maybe make it into the first uh, round this year. And uh, I think that he's uh, certainly going to be one of the guys uh, that can do it and get in that first round. And I think he's a really, really good prospect. What obviously we just mentioned, uh, this is your uh, second and third offensive tackles, respectively between you know Slater and then um, Tevin Jenkins. What kind of puts them up above the likes of Elijah Rowe Tucker, Alex Leatherwood, Cosme, and uh, Darisor as well, who are kind of like the guys that follow them? Because well, there's not too much between them. But what is it kind of separates them? Uh, well, for, for both of them, I think Slater's technical ability and all of his pluses are just really, really strong. And he's, he's going to be, I think, a lot of people, for a lot of people near the, the top of the class. Um Jenkins was he like um, he does have some technical uh, weaknesses, um, but um, I think that there's a few things that uh, can be corrected. And I really liked him playing on the right side. I like the fact that he can he can um, pass protect really well and and uh, run block really really well. I just uh, I gave him a lot of uh, grades just for the the strength uh, side of it and um, the fact that he's got obvious. Uh, length as well the point of attack he can really hit guys I really really like watching how he can maul guys um, pass and run blocking um, he's a guy that uh, I just I just really really like watching um, I wouldn't begrudge anyone naming a guy like Vera Tucker or Darius or um, kind of above and like I say there's very real chance that five or six of them could be in contention for, for first round and depending on your scheme and the team that's uh, like guys are going to be um, teams are going to have different preferences for these guys. But um, yeah, Jenkins for me was just really, really fun watch. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. So it's an important thing, isn't it? Obviously we're scouting for 32 teams, whereas obviously every other team just scouting for themselves. So yeah, you're right. It could definitely be a fit with other teams, whereas the guys more so. Um, but yeah, no, really like it. Like, like the rundown for both of these guys. It's a really talented offensive tackle class this year. And, there's a lot of tackle needy people out there and needy teams out there who need these guys. It's interesting watching free agency at the moment and the more OTs left tackles as well that are getting released as well. There's, I think teams know that there's uh, going to be some really good talent available in the top, uh, well, let's say 40 or 50 picks into the second round. There's some really good talent this year. Mm. Yeah, as a Chargers fan sitting at uh, 13 and 47, hopefully it lasts in the top 50. We might need a couple of them to complete our line, even though we signed a couple of nice offensive linemen in the past day or so. Awesome. Yeah, really good rundown. Uh, bring you in, Kieran, then for your last one, then another wide receiver for us, and uh, obviously standard you, it's an LSU player. Yeah, this guy's kind of forgotten about. Terrence Marshall Jr., kind of... I mean, over the past two years, he's sort of looked at as the other guy because you've had, obviously, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase around him, two of the best receivers coming out of college football in a long time. And Jamar Chase, who Andy knows reading my rundown, I believe is the best wide receiver to ever come out of college. And I stand by that statement. Um, Yeah, last year, 
Yeah, he only played in seven games, but still managed to haul in 731 yards and 10 touchdowns. It was his second consecutive year with double-digit touchdowns as well. And like I said, because of the other guys, he is widely overlooked. He is dynamic. He attacks the catch point very, very well. He has great balance and recovery balance as well, which allows him to uh, turn downfield once he comes up from a contested catch. But he can also play in the slot as well. He burns guys consistently because of his agility uh, in the slot. And then when he goes out wide, his six foot four frame allows him to high point the ball and moss dudes consistently. Uh, his, the only downside to him is maybe that, you know, being six at four, 200 pounds, maybe you need to pack on a little bit of muscle because it makes that frame look a little bit frail and could mainly hurt him when he gets maybe hit a little bit lower and his blocking isn't too great. But I genuinely believe he's a first round talent because his physical gifts are too much to ignore. And I mean, even if you stick him on special teams for his first year, he would be an excellent gunner as well because of his size and speed uh but yeah I, it, there's not much to say about it other than he is one of the best receivers in this class and i know i'm gonna get the shouts of the lsu bias or whatever but if you watch the tape on him is andy who did the wide receivers wasn't it for the, the guide well andy knows then how good he is from watching him play he he is an absolute mountain of a man maybe not weight wise but like size wise he is absolutely huge and his route running as well, which is something you've seen with a lot of LSU receivers this year. It's something you see from LSU receivers this year. Justin Jefferson came into the league and had his roots played as highlights. Jamar Chase has the cleanest roots anyone's ever seen in college football. And then you come to Terrence Marshall Jr. and Kayshawn Booty, the guys who have been below uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and their route running is so clean. The way they hit double moves and send corners off into space is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and I think you put this guy in any offensive scheme and he's going to thrive. I think the Dolphins would be lucky to have a guy like him as well, just to, to able to pick you up six to 10 yards per catch. I know he's averaging 15.2 yards per play last year, and it, it was 14 and a half the year before. But on those sort of first down situations where you need a guy who can quickly turn, maybe hit a curl route and get you five to 10 yards a play. He's, he's perfect at that. And I know obviously Andy's got him as, you know, not what, not in the top 10, but, he's genuinely a top 10 receiver in this draft. And I think the only guys who are really above him are Chase, uh, Smith, uh, Bateman and Rondell Moore. I don't think there's any other better receivers than him in this draft because of his physical abilities and his play style are just absolutely fantastic. Not Jalen Model then? Or did you just miss him out? I mean, I forgot about him. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just some guys, they play for teams. They're so forgettable. Um, but yeah, I will be fielding questions on my expert opinion about this tiger. Raj? <laughs> um, would you bump up his draft stock? Because uh, obviously there's going to be the comparison with uh, Jefferson from last year and obviously Chase from last year having uh, Joe Burrow throw, throw to him. Um, would you bump up his, up his draft stock um, considering that uh, obviously those two have had the elite quarterback play and, and he's had to deal with it this year with obviously not so good quarterback play. I mean... Not as good. Not as okay. good. No, 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 no. Let, let me, me I don't want to hurt your feelings. Not as good. 
let, let, let's be honest. Miles Brennan is not as good as Joe Burrow, and neither is TJ Finley. Max Johnson is very good, though. Uh, but yeah, the the fact that he still managed to go in in seven games for you know three quarters of a thousand yards is absolutely ridiculous, considering the uh, low tier quarterback play that he's had. But it, it what he does best is is the route running, and it's so easy for him to get open against college guys, especially because they're not used to the refined routes or the or the double moves. And I think in the NFL he will struggle a bit with guys who can pattern match a little bit better, or guys who can stick stick to his hip a little bit better. And that's when you're going to have to use him for 50-50 balls. He's got these ridiculous gorilla grip hands where if he if he gets hold of a ball in the air, he's coming down with it. He uses his body very well as well to catch balls. He will always pull a ball straight into his chest and he'll go down if he needs to. But if, if the guy's stuck to him and, and he can land on his feet and then turn and go upfield, he will. But uh, I think, I, I think his size is the biggest thing that helped him when he's not, he's not had the best quarterback player. I mean, TJ Finley really struggled, but he still managed to get balls to him just because of his size. Well, I'll, um, I'll come in and defend my, uh, 13th overall wide receiver ranking. I can see exactly why uh, if you were neutral and uh, not as just blazingly biased as you, you would have him not higher than 13th. But um, for me, it's just the consistency issues uh, that have got him like dropping off a bit for me. Obviously, started the season absolutely flying out the blocks and then a couple of couple of games where he barely like troubled the stat sheet at all. There's that. There's a lot of um, concentration drops on tape as well. So he needs to to, to um, better himself in that in that aspect. But you're right, the kind of side and speed uh, combo is quite rare on the outside. And I think, yeah, he's definitely going to get drafted. He's definitely going to be uh, probably like a high-end wide receiver too, isn't he? And you're looking at kind of, you know, you'll, you'll get a more consistent guy for moving the chains. But when you need to come up big in the red zone, I mean, just, I mean, obviously Joe Burrow throwing him the, the ball the season before, 13 touchdowns. Uh, on 46 receptions is is a good return by anyone's uh, judgment, isn't it? So, yeah, uh, I think, you know, going to be a good player. Uh, I think he's like a third-round guy this year just because of the kind of, the, you know, the, there's, there's a glut of wide receiver talent again. Um, and someone will, someone, but he, so, someone will like him because he's one of the best big guys in the classes. I'm ahead of a lot of small guys, as we've alluded to already. But he's one of the best, like, tall guys. And there's not a lot taller apart from, like, TJ Basher, maybe Tamori and Terry, who I can think of off the top of my head, or who are any, any bigger than him. Well, well, like I said as well, if 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 you want to give him time to develop, he would his size and speed would fit him as a gunner perfectly in special teams because he can he can close distance so, so well. And his size is a little bit intimidating. He can lay hits on dudes. I know his blocking is inconsistent at best and and when i say inconsistent i am being very generous there to his blocking but it, it, if you draft him in the first round then just for his first few years the first year sorry maybe run him on certain sets in the slot maybe outside if you need it but if you get him experience primarily as a gunner he's gonna pay off quickly for a lot of teams with special teams woes especially teams like the chargers sorry lee um who need who need a lot of help on their special teams i think he can really take a team's uh he can play that Matthew Slater role a bit, you know, albeit a lot bigger. And then he can sort of take someone's special teams to the next level by fulfilling that role. Friendly fire. 
You've already had Hunter Henry offers, man. Don't kick <laughs> him on my down. I'm just saying, you you had some problems on special teams last year, and I'm not sure if it's like coordinator or personnel. And I think adding a guy like this who can close the distance and who can run people down and who isn't afraid to get physical would would be perfect. Like I said, in that gunner role because he mm. he, he he can close space and and his long frame can enable him to get hold of people as well, make tackles. Yeah, well, you make an excellent case. You make an excellent case as always. Um, look, I mean, obviously, you guys are you're going to put together. Um, Andy, you've obviously put together a wide receiver article, but you've uh, you've done well. You've roped in a couple of the guys, haven't you? Talk to us about uh, both of those articles that you kind of uh, led the led on um, recently. Yeah, just trying to like dig into the the receivers a bit more, to be honest, because obviously there's so many this year. I mean, I've, I've reviewed forty three for the uh, for the guide, and, and there's probably like five, six, seven more that that have got an honourable mention who could get drafted as well. So yeah, just thought we'd dig into them a bit more. I've looked at some of the the mid round guys who are kind of going quietly under the radar at the moment. Your, your Tyler Va- uh, Tyler Vaughan's, um, your Daz Newsom, those kind of guys, um, and then Kieran and Raj are joining me for kind of argue your case piece for who the best receiver in the class is. Um, to be honest, I do agree with uh, Kieran uh, on who the best receiver is, but maybe not the uh, once in a 20 year talent sort of thing, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what the, uh, what the readers think. Uh, and I'm also going to do a few more in the next couple of weeks as well. I really want to dig into guys like Josh Palmer who haven't really been productive in their college careers, but there's like flashes of brilliance. I, I watched Tennessee versus Alabama again the other day and, and Palmer took Satan apart for the touchdown he scored in that one. So yeah, there's a few guys I want to dig into a bit more and um, I'm sure we'll pick up a couple more in our sleeper episode next week of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so go over to Fulton Yards. Obviously Andy's um, sort of mid-round, uh, I was going to say linebacker for some reason, mid-round wide receivers article is already out there and um, I think it'll be later in this week. Is that right? The... the uh... The other wide receiver articles, by the time this will be out, it'll be on fulltenyards.com as well. So, like I say, head over there and check all the guys' work out and have a shout on Twitter as well, because obviously, like I said, we're going to put this out to the readers, see who we agree with the most and um, kind of decide who the best wide receiver is. And, you know, that's why that's what's going to happen. They're going to get drafted first. That's what that's the rules. That's what it has to be. Um, but, yeah, like I say, um, go over to fulltenyards as well. Obviously, we've mentioned the draft guide a fair bit amongst us over this episode. And, yeah, go out. Spend either six or twelve pounds and uh, get all our takes, either in a physical copy for a bit more money or uh, a digital copy. Uh, but either way, your pure portion of your profits will be going towards Britball in the UK, so we'll be able to put back into the UK game via referee courses and coaching courses. So it's part of our for the game hashtag for the game scheme over here at the Full Ten Yards. But that's all we've got for you today. We've been talking about some uh, sort of best of the rest on offense, um, guys. We didn't talk about earlier in the season on our scouting podcast. And as Andy rightly mentioned a moment ago, we'll be talking about some pure sleepers next week. Um, sort of uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one uh, as it comes out next week. And we'll be uh, bringing you all the best of the rest in terms of guys you've probably not heard of a little bit and maybe lagging in the lower reach of our draft guide between each position. But yep, um, we'll g- give some hands out and uh, yeah, we'll get out of here. So Kieran, I'll start off with you. Where, where can we find you? And is there anything else that you're working on? Are you doing Kieran's corner at the moment, aren't you? And working your way through some teams. Yeah, we brought out um, the Pittsburgh Steelers episode yesterday. Uh, Once I get the details nailed down, we will probably have the Dolphins and Saints out within the next couple of weeks. Maybe Patriots, depends on how free agency goes. Hint, it's it's going well. Um, And yeah, you find me at the Himbo F10Y on Twitter, where you can hear me talking about how Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver to come out of college in the past 20 to 30 years. Hot takes, hot off the press, as always. Raj, what about yourself? 
Uh, yes, you can find me on at the underscore Garch on Twitter. Um, and uh, also um, with the £10 that you're probably going to put on your horses this week, um, use that £10, whatever winnings you get, put it towards the draft guide. Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's flying out there. And uh, as, we've, as we said, it goes towards a, a good cause as well. So uh, get your copies in and um, also win a bit of money in the horses as well. Yeah, I guess I'm obliged to say gamble responsibly and all that nonsense, aren't I? Exactly, <laughs> gamble responsibly. <laughs> when the fun stops, stop. Exactly, exactly. Andy, what about yourself? Yep, uh, AJ Moore, 21. Um, mix of like uh, Libro year appreciation, new uh, <laughs> new Birmingham City manager, uh, and probably going to get us relegated, and um, lots of wide receiver stuff going on at the moment. Um, also, along with Raj, just praying for some Dolphins free agency action so I'm sure that well I'm not sure that will have happened by the time this comes out but uh, hopefully it does still still nothing at the time of recording isn't it I'll not we miss anything ourselves a new fullback and a new punter so uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> starting at the bottom of the list I see there you uh, go <laughs> <laughs> Liam, and Vince, you? And, oh sorry go on and, and Vince Beagle don't forget Vince Beagle there you go Vince Beagle's <laughs> back after saying he preferred Deshaun Watson well basically yeah. snitch <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's going well on South, in South Beach. Good, good, good free agency in the AFC East. Well done, guys. <laughs> Can't wait to hold on to this recording for all like Nelson Aguilar to get injured after the first day or something like that. And Henry will be getting injured. He's always getting injured. That's why we let him go. You know, that's why he got a franchise tag. Is that, is that why you were so heartbroken about him going, was it, Lee? Yeah, I'm going to edit that bit out. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, what about yourself? Finish off. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Liam66NFL. Everything to do with the draft at the moment, especially as probably not too much NFL free agency stuff because the Seahawks are making the Dolphins look like free agency champs at the moment. So we, uh, we're not doing enough. Um, but uh, yeah, at Liam66NFL on Twitter. As I say, anything NFL draft, there'll be loads of scouting guide stuff as well. So uh, yeah, just... Uh, yeah, that's the place to follow and uh, look out for the scouting guide. Hmm. What's going on in Seattle? Why, why is nothing happening? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> bit, unner- bit unnerving then. Yeah, I think we. Uh, yeah, we need to. Uh, we need to start bringing more guys in. I think to replace the the guys that we're we're hmm. we're not keeping. So well, yeah, we'll, wait, we'll wait and see what happens. You're going to lose Wilson to the Bears, mate, and then it's going to be <laughs> a bleak period when you've got Sam Darnold. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> you, did, you did want to save Sam Donald, to be fair, so you can't be too Well, unhappy. Seattle's not the place to save him, but <laughs> <laughs> fair play. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll leave the free agents chat like that and keep my head well well down off of that one. Um, and you can find me at Wakefield ninety on on Twitter. Um, yeah, generally celebrating the Chargers wins and keeping quiet about the Chargers losses in free agency. And uh, yeah, season guide and just general retweeting about that and also behind the full 10 yards cfb accounts at full 10 yards cfb and again just kind of pushing the draft guide under your nose until you sign submit and just buy it really that's basically what i'm, what I'm going for in terms of strategy uh, but yeah like i say we'll see you next time uh, catch us next week for some pure sleepers um, thanks for listening catch you then thanks for listening to the podcast for all your football needs check out our website full10yards.com or follow us on Twitter at Full10YardsCFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.